This is an RNZ podcast. As we've mentioned on Media Watch before, the government is, to quote the current Minister of Broadcasting, Chris Farfoy, having a good look at public broadcasting to make sure it's fit not just for purpose now, but for the next 25 to 30 years. And outfits with an interest in what he decides are ramping up their efforts to be heard. Last Wednesday, the government broadcasting funding agency New Zealand On Air released new research which harked back 30 years, all about what we wanted from the media back then and what we want now. It also issued a discussion document which warned... New Zealand media will only survive the onslaught of global media giants by acting collectively to create the content audiences want and make it easier for them to find and enjoy it. Half of those surveyed in the poll New Zealand On Air Commission said they didn't actually watch New Zealand content outside of the news and sport, but with changes, more New Zealanders would. And by far, the change most people wanted was ad-free viewing. On Wednesday, the pro-public broadcasting lobby group Better Public Media released more opinion polling results from the same company, coincidentally, that did New Zealand On Air survey, Research New Zealand. Almost two-thirds of 1,000 respondents in this one supported ad-free weekends on TVNZ1 and 6 out of 10 supported making the state-owned channel completely non-commercial. Only 1 out of 10 didn't like that idea. A majority of those polled was also keen on taxing big tech companies like Facebook and Google to support New Zealand programmes and media. And then there was expanding RNZ to include ad-free TV or amalgamating TVNZ, RNZ and Māori Television into one large ad-free broadcaster and media outlet. Bailing out struggling commercial media companies was not an option canvassed in this poll, but those feeling the financial strain are also sending out messages right now with this government media policy review in mind. This week, the country's biggest news publisher, Stuff, launched a new campaign highlighting the media's role in public life. It's called Because Journalism, and this never actually mentions the minister's review explicitly, but broadcasting company MediaWorks certainly has. It's directly urged the minister to intervene to ensure its survival in recent weeks. And earlier this month, the Herald on Sunday took on its message. Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy doesn't want to talk about MediaWorks as it's a private company. But in the meantime, the government could do something about the abject unfairness of the situation. The playing field is a well-turfed one for TVNZ1, being owned and operated by the state-owned broadcaster and underwritten with taxes from you and us. This week, the National Business Review, in a gloomy edition of its anonymous weekly column Shoeshine, also looked at the parlous state of our media companies, describing them this way. The megatrend of traditional media losing eyeballs and advertising seems to be so well entrenched, it's hard to see any of them surviving unsubsidised in their current form for much longer. And the NBR also had the state-owned TV broadcaster in its sights. TVNZ, a poster child for government business incompetence, was the headline. How so? Well, because, said Shine, TVNZ has told the government it won't be returning dividends to the Crown in the foreseeable future and it could expect a $17 million loss next year. Back in August, I asked TVNZ's chief executive Kevin Kenrick, what do we get in return for the company being excused its obligation to make the government some money? because they've let you off the hook of having to run a tight enough ship to return them some money, that it's going back into the business. What what will we see? Um, What you'll see is a significant increase in investment in local content. So the mix between local and international will shift markedly towards local. You will continue to see investment in building an online future and making that content available across more devices. Um, And what you'll also see is 
a greater adoption of data to to actually understand what individual viewers want and, so and, and, and to enable advertisers to have more targeted relevant ads. Not sure that targeted digital ads was a dividend that taxpayers would really have wanted at the top of their list from TVNZ, but the commitment there was to invest a substantial sum in more local programmes, and shortly after, Kevin Kenrick put a number on that when pressed by Stuff. He said an additional $20 million was planned for local content, including online news, and he said this was a three-year plan. The total investment in new local content could be in the order of $60 million. Well, earlier this week, TVNZ unveiled its annual showcase of programmes for the coming year to its most important customers, the advertisers. And most of the media focus on that was on the big box office primetime shows, which will pull in the bulk of the company's advertising revenue. But what extra local programming is in the pipeline with the promised $20 million next year? And after that, this week I asked TVNZ's head of content, Kate Slater. We have got a wide range. We've got event drama with Black Hands. Um, that is bringing to life, of course, the podcast of the same name. Uh, and it is a really different look at being inside that Bain family. Um, we have got One Lane Bridge uh, in the event drama space as well, which fuses Māori mysticism with kind of event drama. And we have um, event reality with, you know, The Bachelorette New Zealand um, coming new to our screens next year as well as we are bringing back Celebrity Treasure Island. We've got local comedy with Taskmaster New Zealand um, being one of the exciting new titles we're bringing in that space. Amazing landmark factual um, origins, which is a terrific series hosted by Scotty Morrison, which is one of my absolute picks for next year. I mean, some of the programmes that are mentioned here, like um, the dramas One Lane Bridge, um, Black Hands, Taskmaster, they're all already funded, aren't they, by New Zealand On Air? They're part funded. We still invest in those shows ourselves. So they are still more expensive for us than buying international programming. Um, but there's a lot that we are um, commercially funding ourselves as well. You know, there is a number of, um, of shows that we are looking to bring in to audiences uh, which aren't New Zealand On Air funded. But of course, New Zealand On Air funding is an important part of the landscape in New Zealand. In, in the press information, Kate, it, it refers to investing exponentially. Um, so when Kevin Kenrick talked about 17 and $20 million a year, will all that go into to local content that we wouldn't otherwise have seen on TVNZ? Yeah, so there's a variety of projects there, Mark, for that investment. Um, local content's definitely one of them. Sport um, is a big part of um, our local content strategy as well. We're looking at what events we can bring to TVNZ that are going to drive mass audiences. Um, as we saw with Rugby World Cup, sport unites the nation. Uh, we had 25% of New Zealand, New Zealanders age five plus, tuning in to watch that New Zealand semi-final. And overall, that tournament reached almost three million New Zealanders. So we're looking at events and content like that that can bring uh, mass audiences to our platforms. Okay, we'll talk about sport in a minute, but one interesting thing um, is news. Uh, coincidentally, uh, on Wednesday, New Zealand On Air uh, released a big report, and the current audience that was surveyed there said they really want uh, independent and quality news. Um, you've said, look, the news, uh, the need to be informed is fundamental uh, in, in, your, um, in your content strategy, and, and viewers turn to TVNZ to see a story as it unfolds. But the release also it lists the programmes that are already on, One News, Takata Day, um, Fair Go, Sunday, Q&A, all those programmes we're familiar with. There's nothing actually new um, with this new investment? Those new stalwarts are the staple of our, of our um, schedule. 
uh, we continue to deliver them because they continue to rate. We, of course, evolve those shows to to move with our audience, so they're not static. Uh, we're always looking at, is there something new we can do in that space, but we've got nothing to announce uh, at this stage. Well, that will disappoint people, though, wouldn't it, if they're thinking of uh, you know a $20 million investment that, that's possibly not just for one year, for about three. They'd be looking to you for some sort of new, new investment or new program in news? Well, we're always looking at investing in those shows. So One News at Six, you will have seen on screen the investment into that show recently um, with the AR graphics that we're bringing, um, the amazing studio that we've, we've got there, uh, what we're doing in terms of reporting in the field and our, and our team of um, video journalists around the country. So we continue to invest in those news products. Well, New Zealand On Air's um, big report also had a, a kind of a startling headline finding, which was that half of people don't actually watch uh, or say they don't watch New Zealand programming. That, that doesn't actually include news and sport. And the conclusion New Zealand On Air came to when asking them questions was that they would if there were changes to them. And the biggest change that by far the most number of people picked out was ad-free. Um, and there was further research from the Better Public Media Group. Another survey came in, coming out coincidentally the same day saying two-thirds of people would favour uh, a non-commercial TVNZ channel. Has this ever been discussed as an option? Because if you've got more investment because the government's allowed you to plough it back into the business, any discussion of the possibility of, of ad-free content via TVNZ? People are always going to want content ad-free, um, but it's how do you afford to make that content ad-free. At the moment, we are a commercially funded business, um, and so our advertising means that we can invest into our content. So at the moment, that's not an option for us. Yeah, so it's um, something you would effectively have to be directed to do by your shareholder, the government, I suppose. That's correct. Yeah, we work to, to our um, our mandate. Because we know, you know, the government's media policy is is being reformulated, something to be announced by the end of the year. So you've had any discussions about the possibility of having to perhaps offering a, an ad-free channel or, or content in some form? Um, look, I'm sure discussions are ongoing. I've personally not been looking at that myself. Okay. Now, you mentioned sport, um, which is an area that TVNZ hasn't been big in in recent years, but uh, lately you've, you've come right back into it, um, particularly in tie-ups with outfits like Spark, for example, with the Rugby World Cup. Uh, so does this mean you, you're likely to make big bids in the next couple of years uh, in, in sports rights? Yeah, look, we're focused on television that people need to watch live. You know, in a time of fragmenting audiences, we need to, those big television events to, to bring our viewers and unite them. So, yes, we are actively looking at what we do in the sports space. Um, you know, we recently announced our partnership with New Zealand Cricket to bring selected international and local T20 matches to our screens. Uh, we have got the Paralympics. Um, so that's going to be big. And, of course, um, there's going to be nothing bigger than the America's Cup in 2021. Yeah, so sports rights are getting more and more expensive. Um, there will be events that make sense for us to do by ourselves, but then there will be others that we need to partner on, um, such as Rugby World Cup, where we partner with Spark. That was Kate Slater, TVNZ's Head of Content.